life. Amen. As we move along here tonight, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 5. It is good if you can bring with you things to write with or take notes with. will help us. Amen. The last time we were here, we talked about the end of um, chapter 4. The end of Genesis chapter 4, verse 25, and Adam knew his wife again. And Adam knew his wife again. Remember we said knowing in this particular term is intercourse, intimacy, physical, physical intimacy. He knew his wife again and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said, for God said, she had appointed me another seed. He had appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew. Remember, there's always a spiritual uh, connotation for every physical situation. And um, when the Bible says, and he knew his wife again, uh, physical, intimate relation, intercourse um, is what it's talking about. But when you go spiritual, when we know God spiritually, it means we have an intimate relationship with him. We're not just mere religious people. So the people of God will have intimate relationship with God. It means that you have intimate conversations and communion with God. And so understand that we can't just call ourselves children of God if there's no intimacy. That If there's no intimacy, there's no relationship. There's just an agreement or an association, right? So with God, we just don't want to be associated. Remember what I said, that there's a scripture, I think it's Matthew 7 and 7, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesy in thy name? Lord, Lord, haven't we cast demons out in thy name? So it's clear God is letting us know that you can go through the formality of the things of his word, but it doesn't mean you have relationship with him. So we can, we can be religious people. We can go through the formality. We can come to church and we can do the things that, you know, people do when they come to church. But it still doesn't mean we have a relationship with him. Adam and Eve could have been together, uh, you know, just having discussions. But it, it wouldn't mean that they have a relationship. It would just mean they have a, an arrangement. Not going to go too far and deep into that. But, you know, I remember as a kid, I remember um, growing up. Um, on my street back in the day, we shouldn't know this, but, you know, kids hang with other kids. And I remember somebody saying, oh, and this is real Smith. You know, sometimes you Smith as just a made-up name, but this is not a made-up name. I remember Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mr. Smith sleep in one room and Mrs. Smith sleep in another room. Right? Now, I know sometimes people put their husband out because he snored too much. So that's that's not what I'm talking about. But if it's not the snoring... And he's in one room and you in the other room. You don't have a relationship. You're just doing what you got to do to get along. You know, if you're going to have a relationship, there must be intimacy. Okay? Intimacy. And intimacy in the physical don't always start with uh, intercourse. Okay? Um, I don't want to go too deep with, with, with this. But, but, you know, 
kissing is intimate. You'll be amazed of how many people are in relationship, but they never kiss. Oh, I'm not supposed to go down that road, huh? Kissing is intimate. As a matter of fact, I would probably go deep and said it could be more intimate than the other thing. Because the other thing, um, it's, it's, it's a need that the flesh is reaching for. And so when we do that other part, that could just be um, just to satisfy ourselves. So there's nothing intimate about it. You're just trying to get what you want. But when you kiss, it, it, you don't really get a whole lot. It's just, it's, it's your way of saying, you know, I love you. It's your way of saying, you know, uh, we're in a relationship. So, so kissing is, is more intimate than we would imagine. Now, the other part, you know, you might say, well, I give my whole self. Yeah, but again, it might just be for satisfaction as opposed to just having intimate relationship. So we got to be careful of that. So, again, what are we trying to draw reference to? Intimacy with God is it, you can't just come to church. Intimacy with God, you got to sit down and reason with him. Intimacy with God, you got to share your heart with him. Intimacy with God is, 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 is allowing him to talk to your heart, and, and there has to be back and forth. So we have to make sure we are intimate with God. That's what Adam and his wife was with each other, and so it's supposed to be with our relationship with God. Verse 26 And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So that was the end of chapter 4. We're going to go into chapter 5. I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Hopefully every time we come together, we'll just revisit the last portion of what we talked about before we close, and then we'll go into the new portion. So here we go, Genesis chapter 5. Verse number one, this is the book of the generations of Adam. Pay attention now. It says, this is going to be talking about Adam. It is not going to be talking about God. Okay? So what we're reading, it's addressing Adam generation. Okay? In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. So God made Adam in his likeness, okay? Male and female created he them. God created them male and female and blessed them and called their name Adam. Now you know when a woman gets married to a man, some of y'all struggle with that. God said he blessed them. And their name was called Adam. When they become one, they suppose have the same name. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness. So God had, a son, had um, created Adam in his own likeness. Now Adam uh, got a son and he created his son is in his own likeness. After his image Call his name Seth. Interesting. Now, if we've been paying attention, you know that's interesting that we just read. Well, let me just not make it obvious. Let's look at it again. Verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. I thought Cain was Adam's first son. And if we're dealing with Adam's genealogy, why are we talking about Seth and not Cain? 
See that? Read with me. Let's pay attention. All right? Notice the genealogy of Adam did not mention Cain. This genealogy of Adam specifically focused on Seth. And why did it focus on Seth? It really was supposed to be focused on Abel. But Abel got killed by Cain, so now it's focused on Seth. Why is this focused on Seth? Because God has given us the genealogy of the children that feared and followed him and just not even worry about the ones that didn't. That's what God is interested in. He's, he's always been that way. Remember, study God and understand his ways and you will learn a whole lot. And so God is always worried about those who will obey him. He's always working to get us to obey him and follow him because those of us that obey him and follow him, we start our own genealogy. <laughs> oh, this is good. So I always tell people, if you're the first one to get saved in your family, you started the genealogy. That's how important it is. God is saying, I'm picking you out of your family to start this lineage of people that will fear God and follow God. You can't take that lightly. And so if you got picked out, you got to realize, oh my goodness, it is my responsibility to teach siblings, all those that are connected to me, family members that are connected to me, to know God and follow him because... I'm the one that is supposed to be that example. So this set of genealogy was all about the lineage, or should I say the righteous lineage, the ones that feared God, the one that followed God no matter what. Now, I want to point this out to you. Fearing God and following God don't mean you don't make a mistake, you don't mess up, you don't fail, you don't sin. What it means is you just continue... Following God, continuing fearing God, while the others just decide that ain't for me. That's what it means. When Cain decided that, you know what, I'm going to kill my brother. Remember, God said to him, Cain, listen. Well, before we even get to that, Cain didn't provide the right offering with the right heart. God said, listen, dude, just do the right thing. You'll be fine. We'll be good. Right? So he gave him the choice. But Cain decided from that point to start push back, push back. And his whole life, he just kept on living the way he wanted to. God is showing us something about then, way back from the very beginning till now, we're still the same. We haven't changed. And so some are going to choose to follow God, fear God, and others are going to say, eh, not so much. I'm going to do whatever I want. And they will not be able to say God is unfair. Because Cain cannot say God is unfair. God gave him a chance. And he just kept on not doing that. So God has given us the genealogy of those that feared him and followed him. Verse 4. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters 
didn't mention their names. <laughs> and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. Now, what's so important about understanding that, remember God said the, sin, the soul that sinned shall surely die. God kept his word. He might have lived to 930 years, but he died. We better learn that part. We might have done wrong or keep doing wrong, and God may not judge us right away. Don't mean you got away with it. <laughs> 930 years, but he died. So what God promised them, it happened. It just took 930 years before he died physically. He died spiritually right away, but physically he lived till 930 years. Because God said, the soul that sinned shall surely die. And surely, God kept his word. So now we're reading these genealogies and just, they live for how long and then they die. Because God said, if you sin, you're going to die. And Adam, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. See, it mentioned Enos, but didn't mention sons and daughters. You see what I'm talking about? Like, God is keeping us focused on those that are carrying forth the righteous way of living. The, the ones that, as God likes to say, is, is securing the, his remnant. They're, they're ones that continue to fear God and follow God. So those are the people that's getting mentioned in this genealogy because they are the ones that's carrying forth the commandments of God. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. Different Canaan, obviously. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. It's pretty interesting. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalalel, Mahalalel. Mm -hmm. And Canaan lived after he begot Mahalalel 840 years and begat sons and daughters, who we don't know their names. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years and he died. And Mahalalel lived 60 and 5 years and begat Jared. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years, and he begat sons and daughters whom we don't know their names. And all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. And Jared lived 160 and two years, and begat Enoch. Now you notice another thing. A lot of things are similar, but you notice not naming any daughters. Remember what we talked about with the ladies, not talking about daughters, just sons, just sons, just sons. And he begat Enoch, right? 19, and Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 
300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch walked with God is an example of letting us know that he had a really, really close relationship with God. So when you hear he walked with God, he had a really, really close relationship with God. That's very interesting to think about. Because of that, God, what we call translated or raptured him out of the earth. So I want to point out something to you real quick. The Bible in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 or 4, verse 12, talk, describe what we call the rapture, but it's the catching away. Talking about when the, Lord's come, when the Lord comes back for the church, that he's going to appear in the sky and the church will be caught up to meet him in the air. Um, so that seems impossible. Many of us have read that. There are people that's not living for God that have read that, and probably that's why they're not following God. Those people are crazy. How in the world God's going to be in the sky, and they're going to just all of a sudden elevate in the air to meet God and go to heaven? You know, that's what they're thinking. Well, that's just what they were thinking, too. When Noah was building the ark and he said it's going to rain, you're right. It never rained before. It's not. What are they talking about? So we always have something to say about what God said he's going to do. Now, I say all that just to point out to you, for those of us that are not, that, that even as Christian might not be certain about this catching away or rapture, well, we, we, we're, we're reading it. So we have a small little example of it. When Enoch got raptured out of here. Isn't that like the rapture? <laughs> when Elijah got raptured out of here, isn't that kind of like the rapture? When Philip in the book of Acts was teaching the Ethiopian eunuch and all of a sudden he was here and there and then all of a sudden the, the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord took him. Isn't that kind of like... So we don't have to speculate or guess whether or not that really will happen. It has happened already. Just haven't happened to pull the whole church out, but he has shown us that, oh, I can do that. Also, Jesus, right? So Jesus, after he met with the disciples, gave them last minute instruction, didn't they gaze and watch him just elevating? And then the angel says, why stand here gazing? The same Jesus as you see him go will come in like manner again. So we have four examples that the Spirit of the Lord can take you from one place to another place. That's what will happen when Jesus come back for his church. All those that fear him and are following him. So there's no need to try to figure out in your mind, is it possible? Will it happen? Certainly it will. So we got to be Ready? We got to follow God and we got to trust him. This is interesting. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 says this. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit 
in corruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So the Bible says, and as it is appointed to man to die once, but after this, the judgment. So we know we all are going to experience death, but we just won't all experience it the same way. Some people, when Jesus come in the sky to receive us, we're going to be changed from this body to a different kind of body. Still death that you're experiencing. For some people, they will be in the ground. Their body will be in the ground. Their, their, their soul will still be in a place, uh, Bible calls it paradise. And then when, the, when, when, when the, 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 the rapture take place, your soul will link with an incorruptible body. And now you'll be raptured out of here as well. So everybody will shed this body that we now know at some point in time because we can't go to heaven with this body. Can't know it. So again, uh, Enoch was an example. Elijah was an example. Jesus was an example about this body that needs to be changed to go to heaven. So we're all going to, this body's all going to change for us to go to heaven. So it's very important to understand that God's word is consistent. He said that it's appointed to man to die once. All of us will die. But not all of us are going to die and our body will be buried and then all of a sudden, you know, our, our soul will be in paradise and then, you know, all that stuff going to happen. Some of us, and I've always felt that way, even when I'm getting old, I still feel that way. Some of us just will be standing in the earth when Jesus called the church home and we're just going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen. All this stuff, sometimes we take our eyes off that and we forget why um, we're going through this and why we're doing this, why we're sitting here on a Thursday night trying to learn the Word of God when I can be doing something, quote-unquote, that's more profitable for my life. I'm sure the people that could come that didn't come, I'm sure that's how they felt. I can do something instead of sitting there listening to that guy talking about the Bible. I can just read it myself. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just telling you, it will all be worth it. It will all be worth it. When you get changed or you get resurrected and you get translated to heaven, it's going to all be worth it. And there are people, I feel bad because just like the days of Noah, there are people that's going to feel like they, they're going to be fine. We'll be all right. And they won't be all right. They won't be all right. Because here's a story that I always say to myself. Why would God make going to heaven easy for you, but not easy for me? I just, I just don't know why we don't get smart sometimes and think about it. And why you think you can do a whole lot less than somebody else do, but you get to heaven and, and they get to heaven too? That wouldn't be fair on God's part. If, if there's a shortcut or there's a way for you to do less than me to get there. No, we all got to do the same. Now, some of us may choose to uh, sacrifice, you know, even more, but there are certain things all of us are required to do. So, you know, we're not going to be able to stay home and, and chill and say, well, you know, no, 
there's others that God is going to say, they did it, and they did it, and they did it, and they did it, and they did it. You just chose not to do it. There's no excuse. So we have to put some work into this. Faith without works is dead. So if we say we have faith, but there's no works, then do we really have faith? No, we just have head knowledge. A lot of us have head knowledge this day and age. And it's easy to get head knowledge now. You turn on TVN, you get on YouTube, Facebook, you know. It's, a, it's easy to get head knowledge. Even though sometimes I scan Facebook just to see what people post. And I just say, uh, like we post certain scriptures and, you know, some of it, because we don't study our Bibles enough, we don't really realize, uh, it's not. It's, it's, it's not really like that. I mean, you holding on to it because, you know, that's what we do to feel justified in giving what little we give. Just saying. Verse 25, and Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 782 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years. So Methuselah was the oldest dude ever walked the earth. 969 years and he died. And Lamech lived 182 years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah. You see how this thing is rolling? Saying, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord had cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 595 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died, just like the Lord said we would die. And Noah was 500 years old and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Any questions about anything we just talked about? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible tells us that. <laughs> I think that was God. I think that was God's way of saying um, it's so much to that. And, and whatever I'm going to say now, this is just me speculating. OK, but I think that's also God's way of pointing out this dude was different. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we can all do our thing and we can do the basics. Right. We're going to get in for doing the basics. Right. Because we have to do the basics. Some people still want to get in without doing the basics. But we're all going to get in for doing the basics. But I just believe that those that go above and beyond, there's something extra and different that, that is there for them. And that's, I think a lot of times when we read our Bible, that's kind of what the Bible points out to us, is those that go a little uh, extra mile, that go deeper, that go further. I think those are the people that we talk about in our Bible. Uh, but everybody is, is, is expected to do what is supposed to be done. But the ones that go a little bit more, 
I said, uh-huh. And the Bible will always show us that. This is why I always say Vesta Mangan, if the Bible was still being written, she would be in the Bible. Because I don't know anybody in 93 bringing the smoke like she is. She's going above and beyond, praying like crazy, traveling all over the world and preaching all over the world. 93 years old. So, so I just think that when we get it in, when we put extra uh, to it, we will see some different dividends. I just really believe that. Yes, sir. Well, well, because the, the Lord says, if we sin, we shall surely die. Right. So it just, so the deal was that was way back then. And so they lived a little longer then because it had just happened. But the further we go from the time sin first happened, the shorter life became. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just kind of, you know, what it is. We messed up back then. God took his time and says, your, your time will be shortened because of it. It just didn't shorten right away. But if you read that, that we just read, you notice after Noah, everybody's life was short until we got to Jared and, and Enoch and, and Methuselah. For some reason, um, 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 Jared... Enoch, not Enoch, Jared and Methuselah, their life went back up a little higher than the rest of them. Right? So, you saw the trend already is what I'm trying to say. The trend started right away. You know, um, so Adam lived till, you know, 930. And then everybody else was living less than that, less than that, less than that. And then it spiked with those two. But then it went back down like, 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 you know, the trend says. So, it's just the trend. Once God says we're going to die, we're going to die. And it started, but the process didn't go fast. And I have some, my own little theory about that. I, I, think, I think if Enoch lived, um, God would have taken him. I think he might have been, I think he would have lived the longest. Yes, sir. You can you can say that you can say that you can say that that is a speculation. What he's saying is that um, the more we started sinning, the shorter our life became. Yeah, but what it was was because of the population, it can't be more than what we got right now. So you know what I mean. So so when they were sinning, population was smaller. So the sin wasn't as much. But we have populated this world with sin in every every way. We got what eight billion, almost nine billion people on this earth, and we're just out of control. So sin has permeated this world greater than it's ever permeated this world. So you know. So I see what he's saying, but we can't confirm that. We can't confirm that. But I can understand what he's saying. Yes, ma'am. Moses. Mm-hmm. No, Moses, no, because Moses could have lived longer. Moses was rolling, but when Moses, when Moses 
when the people started getting to Moses, God says, you got to go. So he, he really was, should have been living a little longer, but the people started getting to him. He allowed the people to get to him. That's heavy, man. If you want to mess with that, dear, God is saying that no matter what people do, you still have to maintain your control. No matter what people do, you still have to obey me and do what I want you to do. And you can't blame it on anybody else because I'm supposed to be your rock. I'm supposed to be your shield. I'm supposed to be your buckler. I'm supposed to be everything to you. So why are you letting people get to you? God will not accept that complaint. He just won't. Okay, you got a problem? Then you don't need to be here any longer. Since you can't handle it, when I've already told you, I'm on your side, I got your back, I'll take care. Since you can't handle it, just let me pull you out of the way, and I'll find somebody else that can handle it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So, so ALI. Y'all need to go to Eli to get a chance. Re- remember my guy I told you, his name is Levi Wright. He is a scientist, um, um, big time scientist, but he is, I mean, I mean, he's a professor in the Word of God. And he said, just with his studies and with his knowledge, he said, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit... They had, I don't even know how to say it right, if I should say, they had a whole, um, it's this organ in their body called telomeres, T-E-L-E-M-E-R-E-S, right? So when that, that, that part of the body was what enabled them to live, life just live continually. And when they ate the fruit, it interfered with that, it, it started it, 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 it's almost like having cancer. It's almost like getting sick and the sickness just kept eating away and eating away and eating away. And so that's what interrupted the, the, the life of man to live eternally and forever. And so that just didn't happen right away. And that's why it took time. So, yes, they probably was 300 years old looking good and everything like that. But the process was in motion. The process was in motion. And so maybe they did get old at 800 50 and, you know, 900 years old. Maybe they did get old, but it was a, it was a slow death is what it came down to. Because, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh-huh. Okay. So, there you go. There you go. So, it didn't come apart right away. It, it was slow back in those days. And... Um, it, 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 you know, because that was the first time it happened. Remember, you know, it was the first time that the genes started coming apart and becoming defective. First time, but it took a while. But now since it gets passed, and remember I always say this, that um, you don't get sick and disease from the outside. It comes from the inside. So either it's through genetic um, thing that's passed down to you or something within your body. But you don't just get sick like that. It's something that happens differently for you. So it could be, you know, if, you know, just like we know now, you know, our parents die from certain things that we got to say, whoa, let me make sure I take care of that. Why? Because that's you. That was genetically given to you. Right. So you just it's not hocus pocus and you get the sickness. So all of that, when you look at it, you realize 
how we end up where we are today. Adam and Eve interrupted the flow of, of um, that eternal uh, gene that we had, and it just, it just took time before it got to this place. A- any questions? Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now, (laughs) these portions of scriptures are frequently discussed with two different points of view. Some have said the sons of God refers to angels and daughters of men, obviously humans. As we read on, we'll get into that and see what it really means. And the Lord said, my spirit, common S, or lowercase s in my day, common S. You know, the kids now, you know, lowercase s. So whichever way, but look at that word, spirit, lowercase. It's not uppercase. It's not capitalized. So God says, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. When he says my spirit in that sense, he's talking about his breath, life in you. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's not talking about anything else. It's not talking about his presence, you know, helping you along. It's just talking about his breath. So what he's saying is, since you all just got crazy and following evil, you're going to die. So put it, put it, he put it nicely there. My spirit shall not always strive with man. But what he was saying is, you're going to die. You're living just foul. You're going to die. Right. And so that's what he was getting to them. And he says, I will then is is his breath will will not remain human because of their behavior. And he says, I will um, give them a dispensation of one hundred and twenty years to repent of their sins. That hundred and twenty years is what Noah preached for. So if you're wondering how he came up with that, Noah preached for 120 years. So always remember this. God always, um, you know, do what he does, his ways. And what is God's ways? He will always give us a dispensation. A dispensation is a period of time to get ourselves together. Whether it be individually or collectively. When you mess up, God give you a dispensation, a time period to say get it together. Now, we don't always know that time period. But what I'm telling you is that's his way of doing things. That's his pattern. They messed up, but I love them. I got to give them an opportunity to get it together. So when they were getting evil and doing things, he says, you know, I'm going to take their life if they don't get it together. I'm going to take their life. And so what he did was, man, God, instead of just taking their life right then and there, just like Adam and Eve taking their life right then and there, he's always making a way that he doesn't have to do that. That's really what's going on. If a man eats, if you disobey God, you shall surely die. Well, okay, spiritually they weren't on their game anymore, but they lived till 960 years after that. 
So God is always extending us. God is always saying, here's my grace. I'm working with you. Then he said the same thing here. Man, you guys are out of control. You're evil. You're doing all kinds of things. That's not how I created you. I'm going to have to do you in. Get you out of here because you're just corrupt. But he called Noah to preach for 120 years before he did it. Just like we're living right now. We have a certain set time to get it together. That's how he did business. Adam and Eve was going to be in the garden forever. They messed up. Uh, they had to go. So there's always God saying, you're doing wrong, but I'm going to give you a chance to get it right. Same thing he did with Cain. You are not giving me the proper offering, but I'll give you a chance. That's how God rolled. That's why when God finally judge us and we go through serious judgment, guess what? He was giving us so many chances. We, we, don't, have, we, don't, have, we don't have any excuse. The, the amount of chance he, chances he was giving us is just time now for him to bring judgment. And so that's what he did with those people that was just getting out of control. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. So here's another example of intimacy, intercourse, relationship. They came into the uh, daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of all men of renown. So now we're here at the point. Um, where it says at some point humans had grown and became tall. Don't, don't let your mind go far and deep. It's just one of those things that, you know, you know, as they began to multiply and as they began to have children, some just became big giants. It's, it, and, and it doesn't mean like Sasquatch and all that. It's just talking about big people. You know, back then I'm quite sure if Manute Bowl or, you know, Wilt Chamberlain or somebody was back there, they would think he was giants. That's their way of just describing big people. Right? You're bigger than normal. You're a giant. Okay? And so giants in the land. Um, the other part of the scripture that some people comprehended when it says the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, it meant they had intercourse and produced children who became mighty men which were of old renown. Now, here's what I'm going to do for you real quick. Go to Matthew 22:30. Before I even give you the explanation. So you know that I'm giving you scriptural explanation and not intellectual explanation. Matthew 22 verse 30 says this. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. There you go. Angels don't get married. And if you don't get married, there's no intercourse. So there is no way possible that when it says the daughters of men... The sons of God got their head and had intercourse. There's no way that it was angels and people getting together. Go ahead, Brother Henry. He done did his study. Come on, let me hear. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. But they had celestial bodies. They didn't have the same body. Remember, we go back and we want to read when God created Satan. Go back. 
Oh, King of Tyrus. What scripture is that? Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel chapter 28, you'll read about Satan. Um, Isaiah chapter 14, you'll read about Satan. You don't read anything about, like, I mean, the, the, the carbuncle and the onyx and the gold. and the, He was made up of pipes and all that kind of stuff. So angels weren't made like us. Again, there's only one creature on this whole earth that God created like himself. There's nobody like us. God created us just like everything else, angels and all. They're different from us. That's why we're precious. That's why you, you will read that not even, even the angel is almost, I can't say jealous because I don't know, but even they know we're special to God because they know they're not made like us. So nobody's made like us. And so the only way we can get together with someone from an intercourse, they got to be like us. They got to have the same kind of organs we have. So when, the, when, when it's talking about that, it's talking about Cain's people and Seth's people. Right? The godly and the ungodly. That's who got together and was doing stuff and had children that became rambunctious. Scripturally, that's the explanation. Now, we can go into our own, uh, what about this? I'm just telling you that they couldn't, people couldn't marry angels. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Hmm? No. You... Yeah, I know. Yeah, we never read a female angel. We, we we read male angels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we got to learn our word and learn who God is and really know it for ourselves because um, society and history and they, they'll tell you some stuff and make you start thinking. Because when I first got to church, they made me think that um, that um, the, the, the sons of God were angels, were yeah, the sons of God were angels. That angels started having intercourse and relationship with, 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 with people. That's what I was told. And so that stayed in my brain for a little bit. So until you go and study your stuff for yourself and you realize there's no marriage going on in heaven. So <laughs> we need to enjoy marriage down here as much as we can. Because when you go to heaven... Ain't no stuff going on up there. <laughs> Ain't no stuff going on up there. All the stuff you need like that is down here. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I wish, that's probably if I can tell everybody that's married, just make the best of your marriage. Because this is the only shot you get at it. Once we get out of here and go to heaven or once we die, we don't get no more shot at being married. We're done. Just enjoy it. Don't make it all crazy like it is. Any questions about that? And so angels cannot marry, which will mean they cannot have intercourse. So humans and angels cannot have children together. So we know the sons of God and the daughters of men 
were referring to godly people and ungodly people. And at that time, we can put some kind of reference that we know Cain had went his way and did his own thing. So he was producing a messed up family. He was producing gangsters. <laughs> I'm just saying. Gangsters, they were building projects. Because remember, he couldn't garden anymore, so he had to build, you know, high-rise. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. That's what happened. So, <laughs> so that's what happened. And, um, it, but it's still, you know, one of the things I, I, I picked up was this. Um, good and evil. The only time evil touch good and become good is when? The only time evil connect with good and evil become good is what? When we touch Jesus. That's the only time. The only time. You can be sick, you touch Jesus, you become healed. You can be messed up, you touch Jesus, you become whole. It's the only time it works. Any other time, we just defile everything. So when the good and the evil came together, the children was messed up. Oh, it still happened today, right? Let, let, let dad be crazy and mom be good. You have some crazy children, you know? Today they might be good, but tomorrow they may be crazy. And vice versa, that's how it go. So this is why we go back to that whole thing again. The Lord tried to tell us we should not have unequally yoked relationships. It's just, it's just the mess. It's going to produce a mess. Any questions there? We're almost done. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord. That word repented didn't mean God had to get on his knees and repent. It, it, when I went and studied it out, it said he breathed a big sigh and was very sorry he made man. The, as we started going crazy, just picture this. God was like, oh, why did I make them? That, that, that's, that, that's what the repented, um, it repented God. That's what it was. He was just disgusted with us. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I had made them. You know, think about it like this. We're the most precious thing to God in the earth. And God always make an excuse to try to not to bring judgment on us. But he had to get to a place where he had to destroy us. What was he going through? How did he negotiate that? Man, we have to ask him that when we get to heaven. Because just think, he's always trying to spare us. He's always trying to make a way for us. He's always trying to help us and try to get us out of the jam. But it just got to the place where he says, I can't get him out of the jam anymore. I really got to destroy them. My Lord. But Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord, no matter how bleak it gets, if you will do right, God will say, there's one. 
And God chose Noah to preach the word of God, which is the opportunity, the chance he was given people to be saved. That's the 120 years. 120 years, Noah and his sons build this ark and was preaching, telling them about God, that they have to change their life and get it together. And if they don't, there's going to be a flood, and the flood is going to destroy everybody if you don't get it together. 120 years he was doing that for. No different today. Preachers preaching all over the world. Jesus is coming back. Repent of your sins. Seek the Lord. Live right. Preachers preaching that all over the world. And people are just saying, man, I don't know what they're talking about. He got, he got um, seven converts. Seven, he preached for 120 years and got seven converts. Yeah, that's it. Now, those are converts. Don't uh, listen. This is that's that's the scripture. That's the scripture for preacher, for preachers. That if you don't reach nobody in your church, you better reach your family. Lord, scare me every time. Like Lord, what I got to do, man? Tell me some more. I got to make sure my boys get saved, my kids get saved, because that's what it's all about. Yes. It is a big deal because because as you know, you've read in the scripture where it says that the prophet don't have any honor in his own country. And what it is, is, you know, you have to be everything to your family. And so I'm dad. I'm everything else, I'm whatever they think of me, you know, I'm that. But then I'm supposed to be their 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 pastor and, and their spiritual guide. But I'm still dad. and I'm all the other stuff. Right. They, they, they see my weakness. They see what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. They know everything that I'm good and bad at. So they, they have to work their way through that to still say, I need God in my life. And that's why it becomes a challenge. But nevertheless, you, you still got to do what you got to do. But it's not easy. And um, for all of us moms and dads that are trying to show the way for our children, it, it is tough. But I believe this, though, and I believe this is important. Um, just keep reaching for other people and God will reach for your family. I believe that strongly. So even if my kid's not listening all the time and they're not doing what they're supposed to do all the time, I'm not going to stop helping other people's kids. I'm not going to stop helping other people and hopefully God will send somebody in my children's life that they will respect and love and will get through to them. So that's just how we got to look at it. And, you know, I know God will honor that. But it's, it's very important to understand that we need to, no matter how much we're living for God and know what we got to do, we got to reach our children, we got to reach our family, because we are the, the generation. We, we're the, the, that, that line, that lineage that they need to get saved. Because as you know, you have some people in your family that probably don't know the truth, all the truth, and so they can't help your family get saved. You are the one that God has chosen. You know truth. You're going to have to be the one to reach your family. So we, we can't play with that. That's, that's a serious mandate. You're going to have to reach your family. And, and that's why, here's the other thing. Um, sometimes it takes so long for them to get it. Watching you, you can never give up. You can never give up. No matter how long it takes, you can't stop. Because, because that day you stop, you have planted so much doubt in their mind that they may never make it. You got to keep going. If you ever give up the people that you're trying to reach, you plant a lot of doubt in their mind because now they're going to say, look, I watched you. You was faithful all these years and then you fell off. That's how they're, just, they're, they're thinking in their mind, right? And so all of a sudden now 
they just give up on God because if you can't make it, and I thought you were serious about this, I'm never going to make it because I'm a mess. They'll, they'll at least acknowledge that about themselves. But what they're going to say is if you couldn't make it, how am I going to make it? So you can't give up. You know, the days when it's hard, you go find you a quiet place in your closet and go cry and pray and just bawl out to God like, help me, help me, because you can't give up. And you realize just from this lesson tonight that you are that lineage that God chose to put truth in to say, you know, if he could write the, 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 the genealogy in your family, he would be able to say, and there was Ivan and Ivan begat this one and lived till this many age. And Ivan had sons and daughters with no name, but the one, you know what I mean? And then, and then, you know, and then your son will, and it just keeps going like that. That's if, if. God can redo what he did there for us. That's what he would say. You know what I mean? So he would have our names in there saying, you're the one that was supposed to reach your family. And you had this one. And, you know, you're keeping something going. So you're keeping it going. So you can't give up. Got to keep it going no matter what. Yes, ma'am. Well, I hear you, but but remember this, just so we can straighten that out real quick, Sister Aisha. I know reading God's word, there's a lot of things he set in order that he wanted to be done a certain way, but we're just ridiculous and we don't do things right. So you know what? He did what he had to do to make do with what he got to make do, right? So I read Esther so, so, saved the whole um, country. Okay, so I just just thought I'd throw that in, that it can, I don't care how it works. We, we already have what we, what, what we, what I like to call it, we have um, precedence that, yeah, God might have wanted it this way. There's no doubt about it. But guess what? He had to make some alterations because it still had to get done. Just like, as we've been touching lately, we've been saying that God said that there should not be divorce, but he made alterations. So God is always, uh, uh, you know, altering things just so his will get done because we're just ridiculous. So whether it's woman or man, yes, it, in, 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 in a perfect way. Remember what I said perfection is in God's eye. Okay. Woman live with her family. Man live with his family. Time for the man to get married. He goes to the woman's family, asks for her hand. They already know they go to the same church. They believe the same things. Everything is the same. And the, the family over there say, okay, you'll get her hand. Then we know the whole thing about dowry, which I really like. And so, you know, that part in there, you know, you show up and you say, listen, here is my offerings of appreciation to your family saying, thank you for giving me your daughter. And daughter's still with her family. And then the man that she's going to marry, go get a nice home, get it furnished, make sure it's nice. Then she start living in it while he's still living at home, right? Then the, that's called the betrothal process. Then they have the big wedding. Then they consummate the marriage. Then they move in together. When they move in together, she left from daddy's house to her husband's house. She never was not covered. She left from her daddy's covering to her husband's covering, and she's living good. And where he took her from, her life better be just the same or better. 
That's the perfect world. We messed all of that stuff up. So, yeah, I understand that's the way it's supposed to work. But we just, we, you know. And if we do it like that, we won't have children all over here and all over there and all the stuff that we've all, all of us that's in here messed up on. We all messed up on that. But, it, but that wasn't God's way originally. We just started doing our own thing. But that's the perfect world that God wanted us to, you know, operate it in. But, you know, all have sinned. This is why we have to look at each other with respect and stop looking at somebody like you're, you're just the worst. What? What? I dare somebody look at me. I like they better than me. For all the mess we, we all have done. And you're going to look out of the corner of your eye like. Anyway, brother, I can go ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In what particular? Uh huh. What do you mean? In what? What chapter? Chapter six. Let me see. Let me take a look here. All right, chapter 6, verse 2. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. So what it's saying is, it was a whole bunch of men, a whole bunch of women, some unrighteous. The, The men was righteous, so to speak. The women were Cain's daughters and stuff, and they all, all of them married. Right. So it wasn't one particular. It was a bunch of people. So that's why it was in the plural, because it was a lot of different people. It wasn't just one person. So all the guys that were supposed to be godly men took wives that were ungodly. So it it was just each man had a wife, but it just was a lot of men. So that's why it was written in the plural. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Woo! Woo! It's getting hot. You just checking to see if it's okay to have multiple wives? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's the same thing like anything else. Men in the olden days and still today still something do it. They decide to have multiple wives. God didn't allow that. They decided that. So if you just want to talk about, you know, reality of what we know goes on today, um, yes, some men have multiple wives, but God did not approve that. They just did that on their own. Twelve. Huh? Well, remember, remember what they did. He, he asked the question, if you can't take your one wife. How you, well, remember, this is, again, we back to that divorce thing again. I don't know why this divorce thing keeps coming up. But here is what happened. God, God got a wife. She know how to cook, but she don't know how to clean. He said, you know what? Okay, keep cooking, but I'm going to get me a wife that can clean too. <laughs> right? So, yeah, one can cook, one can clean, you know, but none of them. Well, he need one that's really pretty. Let me go get one that's pretty. He got one that's pretty, one can cook, one can clean, but none of them affectionate. 
let me go get one that's affectionate. So it, that's just that's what it had came down to. And so the Lord, um, this is why God allowed Moses. God didn't intend for it, um, divorce to go on. Then the Lord says, all right, Moses, you know what? We have to help these women. That's what divorce was for, who it was for, for women, because men was treating them like that, like they were just like projects, you know? You can do this, you can do that, you can do this. You, and the Lord is like, come on, man, that's not why I created it. It wasn't supposed to be like that. So that's, that, that's, that's kind of all the mess that we started, always trying to do something. But that, that wasn't God's intent. We just came up with that. <laughs> yes, sir. In my grandfather's generation, like I said, that's your question. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The more wives you have, the more you can produce. Uh-huh. And the more wives you have. Here's another angle of it. It's, it's all angles. <laughs> you know, it's all angles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so it's terrible. He got his wife out in the field. Yeah. You know, again, property. Property. It's terrible. This is why God had to let these women out of their the, 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 the marriage contract because men were just crazy. Yes, ma'am. Uh huh. God didn't allow it. Always remember, He decided to do that. God didn't allow it. These people got extra wives because they wanted more wives. God didn't tell them. Remember, all God got to say, this is all God got to say. When I did the first wedding, what did I do? Did I bring two women to Adam? I brought one woman to Adam. They decide they want to start doing all that stuff. Uh huh. That's what they did. Yeah, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to go get the scripture and let me see it. I don't think he said more women. He said... Whatever you needed, you could have just asked me. No, 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 because, no, 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 because what he's, because what he's saying, no, that's not what he's saying. Remember, he's showing him, like, I've given you everything. No, no, no. David took the wife. God didn't give him the wife. Remember, God would never give him what belongs to somebody else. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, David took what he wanted. What you're saying is, God, this is what y'all are saying. God didn't punish him for having a whole lot of women. Huh? Right. Huh? No, he didn't, he didn't, these men didn't get punished for having these multiple wives. Now, now, he, he, Here's, here, here's what I'm going to tell you all, because I know, because I've studied the ways of God. Here is what I'm going to tell you. We do what we want, and we don't see God doing something about it, so we think we're good. Remember I said that earlier. But I believe that everything we do wrong, 
we pay a penance for it. We might not see what's going on. Just like we can argue whether or not Solomon went to heaven or not. We can argue that. Because, because he started worshiping idols. Because of his last wife. So, you know, did he go to heaven? You know? And so, we don't know. And, and then with, with David at the end... You know, um, you know, he went through a whole lot of stuff for having all those wives, you know, because his kids starting fighting against each other. It's a lot of stuff that comes with it that we're not looking at. But I believe that we're paying for uh, all the wrong that we've done. We just we just happen to be focused on it, you know, being in church. But I believe they all pay the price. All of them had extra wives. I think they all pay the price. Because. Uh huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh huh. I don't know, but I, I would, listen, remember I told y'all how to read Bible. Don't, don't, don't read Bible like the people that don't know Jesus read Bible. Don't give me one verse. Let's, let's, let's go study it out. Right? And so, and so we know that David's first wife was Michal. But remember, that's when he was king. Right. So you, you got the whole God gave him the palace. He gave, you know, he had allowed him to have Mikhail, his wife. I don't know about the whole, you know, God saying I gave you wives. I would have to go look at that real deeper. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 I think you, I think you'll be fine. No, you'll be all right, brother. I have don't even worry about a thing. <laughs> I, I bless you. What else? You guys got anything else? Yes, ma'am. The Bible says in Matthew that God allowed them to, um, told Moses to, to write them a, a, a decree of divorcement. Because just the way our men were treating, the hardness of their heart, right? That's what God said, for the hardness of their heart. Divorce had nothing to do with men. No woman was divorcing no man. That was just, that just wasn't around, right? So, so men were divorcing women, right? Um, or, or, sorry, men were treating women so terrible that God had to come to their rescue. And the only way to rescue them is to allow them to get a divorce because the way our men was treating them. So, so that's what it was all about. But, 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 you know, there was, you know, reasons for why you were able to get it. You just, just couldn't just get up and get a, you know, divorce. The man couldn't just, you know, you, you know, read Matthew 19. <laughs> yeah. And, any, 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 any other questions? Because it looked like men want wives around here, extra wives and stuff like that. I don't... Yes, ma'am. Because some 
Okay. Listen. Well, you know what? At the at the very least, at the very least, I would say to you to say to them that we are in a different time period. And if you go and read the Bible now, all the New Testament, you'll see one wife, one husband. So, yeah, they're going to go to the Old Testament. But, but we're going to tell we don't, we don't get saved in the Old Testament. We, we don't get saved in the Old Testament. We don't get saved in the Old Testament. And, and you know what? As I'm walking away from you, let me tell you this. The Old Testament was governed by laws. There's loopholes in laws. The Bible says that Jesus says, and I'm going to write my laws upon your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. And, and that's one of the reasons. It's other reasons why we need the Holy Spirit. But one of the reasons why we need the Holy Spirit is because that's the law internally that's supposed to govern us. That's what convicts us. That's what stops us. And that's what works in our lives. So Old Testament law, this is why God said that he had to give us a new, another covenant because the old one wasn't perfect. So for stuff that I probably don't know about, there was loopholes probably in those things and why they were able to be able to do it because they knew the loopholes. Yes. We couldn't be saved under the law. And that's why they manipulated the law and used loopholes because in order to, the law was tough. And so in order to really make it, you had to, you know, you had to start... <laughs> I mean, re, 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 listen to this one. This is how tough the law law is. The law says the only way you can get a divorce is if adultery was um, involved. But listen, but if you commit adultery, you're going to be stoned to death. <laughs> so, 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 so the law, the law, the law is out of control. Yeah. So, so I just think that's. That's probably why, you know, another explanation of how we need to understand it. Like, that was the law. And, and, and like, like today, there's still loopholes in our law. You can't write the law that's going to cover everything. Jesus said in the Bible, and I think it's the end of the book of John, that if everything was supposed to be recorded that transpired, it could have never fit in the whole world. So... If, in order to govern yourself by law, it's just too much involved. So that's why we're living in a dispensation of grace where the Holy Spirit is the main cog of how we're supposed to go about our business. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit, you know, allow us to understand what's going on, and there's nothing better than that. That's God in you just telling you what you should or shouldn't do. You can't say, I didn't know. You can't come up with no loopholes. So, boom. To him is a sin. All right, we good? All right, Jesus, we love you. Appreciate this opportunity, Lord God, to just come together and to discuss and to share. Lord, there's nothing greater than sharing your word, discussing in your word. Lord, we're so thankful for the word of God. We're thankful for the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Lord, keep helping us to grow in you to understand for, Lord, we truly want to know you, and we want to have intimate relationship with you. We want to grow in you, and, Lord God, we want to be teachers of others, Lord. Raise us up, Lord God, to do great things for you, to please you, and to be a light in this dark world. Father, bless your people tonight. 
And I thank you for all that we've discussed and all that you've spoken into our heart. Now, Lord, as we go, I pray that we will become doers of what we now know and not just mere hearers. Bless us and keep us that your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us till we come back together again in Jesus' name.